With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Well, I'll tell you, um, this I think is going to be an interesting, a very interesting uh, subject, repentance. You know, I would encourage everyone on this call, if you get a chance, to do a word study on repentance if you haven't, because I think what you'll find is something on which I, I was I had a really a misconception of of repentance <laughs> because of the way I was brought up out of the Arminian uh, the Arminian pers- persuasion and and uh, you know and. I was jokingly telling Walt and Chris um, and Dave Baxter, I thought about uh, just saying at the beginning of the broadcast that I wanted to welcome everyone to our uh, Hour of Repentance, (laughs) you know, because a lot of people, you know, it's almost like a takeoff from Roman Catholicism and confession. Um, and, And, you know, it's really interesting because... Um, I think a lot of people don't, they think that repentance is something that, um, you know, they, they make it a work, um, and they, they do not give God the glory and credit for showing us our own depravity and our nature, you know. And the reality, yeah, and the reality of it is the greatest sin for God's elect is a denial of his completed work. You know, his imputed righteousness. Right. And, you know, and so um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, kind of get, Kevin, why don't you go ahead and and give your little uh, thought about, just kind of start us on this, and then we'll go over to, um, to Ed, and uh, then if some other people okay. join us, we'll bring them in, but um, before you do that, though, Kevin, I want to read just one um, passage of Scripture here. Um, I think it'll kind of give us some thoughts about this subject of repentance. Um, and I remember when I read this, I thought, wow, that's really interesting. Um, Acts eleven eighteen. Uh, when they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life? And then also a passage in Romans 2, 4. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? And um, and uh, also, there's one in Timothy. Oh, go ahead. Second Corinthians. Okay. Yeah. Second Corinthians seven ten, and then I'll I'll turn it back over. 
Godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. Well, that's a really interesting passage. Go ahead, Kevin, and you had one in, in Timothy, and also make your comments about your your thoughts on this. Oh, okay. Well, well yeah, there there is, uh, for years we've heard that repentance was doing penance. Like, as a Catholic, we had to right. say the prayers that the priest would give us after our confession, and that was penance. But but I learned from the scriptures that God grants repentance to those that he chooses to save. And in Timothy, it talks about the peradventure that God will grant them a heart to repent. So that was a verse I wanted to bring out uh, when you were doing Second Corinthians. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. The natural man can't know what, he's, what he should be sorry for. And so his sorrow can only be of his natural understanding of things. Unenlightened, he, he can't see what he really needs to repent of, and that's his, his condition before God. Yeah, he Kevin, I'm, you're breaking up. I don't know. Oh. I don't know if okay. Now you're back. Uh, uh, oh, okay. You're, you're kind of breaking up there. I Talk lowered my mind. We'll see if we hear you. Yeah, I lowered my mic. Is yeah, that better? Kevin, we can't hear you right now. Now, oh, can everybody hear me okay? I can, yeah, hear, I both can hear you. I can hear both of you just fine. Oh, okay, oh, good. Well, maybe it's maybe it's on my end. Go ahead, Kevin. Well, yeah, the, the, the repentance that is required for salvation comes as a gift in regeneration, along with uh, the sanctification and... Um, uh, faith uh, to to believe so we're sorry for having offended god and we see our condition as needing to re- to repent of our sins whereas the world doesn't know w- what sin is they, they they have an idea that some things are bad but they don't know that they themselves are totally bad and that they're all sin and that's what they need to repent of and they can't see mm-hmm. that unless god grants it to them Amen. Very well put. Very well put. Yeah, Ed, I'd be interested in uh, in your weighing in on this. Well, I can only echo uh, what what Kevin has said, and I I would cite uh, for you Romans two four, uh, which I think you've already mentioned, if I recall correctly. I can going from memory. Uh, you know the the uh, the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. So. And the um, if you read Psalms, it states, "Turn us, O God, of our salvation, and cause thine anger torn us toward us to cease." So it's uh, you're absolutely correct. Repentance is actually a work of God Almighty. It's not something that we do, okay, in in the sense that our that we of our own free will repent. Um, in in Acts three twenty six, it says. Unto first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. So it, it seems that this turning away from iniquities, this is repentance, is the flip side of faith. So just as faith is a gift of God, so also is repentance. And repentance is manifested in the works that we do. So uh, repentance is part and parcel 
of salvation. Uh, when when Peter uh, uh, preached the gospel, okay, and they were pricked in their heart, okay, and they said, what shall we do? And what did Peter tell them to do in Acts uh, chapter 2? He said, repent and be baptized. Now, uh, he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, if he was telling them to do something of their own free will by repenting, then he was, he was advocating a works gospel. If, however, he was stating the gospel itself, that is, that this repentance that he was calling on them to do is a very gift of God, and they're incapable of doing it without God reaching down and regenerating them, then that is the pure gospel. Uh, and indeed, when you when you look at the theme of the gospel, it says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And so you have James explaining in chapter 2, verse 22, that uh, in explaining how Abraham's faith was in agreement with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. And so this this idea of what we do, that is, turning away from sin and doing good, this repentance, works hand-in-hand with our faith. It's a a manifestation of our faith, in my opinion. Yeah. There's a verse also in Lamentations, uh, chapter 5, verse 21, where he says, Turn thou us unto thee, O Lord, and we shall be turned. And so I see that as the initiating cause of our regeneration is God yeah. and, and and then and then what follows with regeneration is faith is repentance is sanctification and justification and later glorification the whole thing comes in the gift that God gives to his people now there is a type of repentance an arminian repentance which is also spoken of in the bible which leads to death and Judas manifested that. If you re- read Matthew chapter 27, verse 3, it says, Then Judas, which had, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself. You see, yes. so his repentance came from himself, from his flesh, and brought again 30 pieces of silver to, uh, to the chief priests and elders. So, and then he went out and hung himself. So he repented himself. His repentance brought remorse, okay, but it did not. It was not a manifest manifestation of uh, salvation. Amen. That's right. Well, hi, brothers. I, I, I you know, I, I think Larry asked me, "What? Well, hi, uh, hi, David, Larry." Hello, Chris. Uh, hi, my brothers. I know. I know you all by name. What a blessing it is, and I really look forward to Mondays. But there's a dichotomy here, and when Larry said, think of something, and Larry graciously said, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good theme. Let's go, you know, let's go with that. Or he didn't, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Larry, forgive me. Uh, but uh, uh, it turned out that that would be the theme for today's council. And... Uh, I guess the dichotomy is I can nutshell this in regard to heavenly or godly repentance. In other words, 
the world, well, people in the world that are not of God or of Christ or blood-bought, they'll repent because they fear hell fire. Now, antithetical to that, 180 degrees from that is the alternative. And we all hope to be in that realm, which is, well, God gave me the understanding and the faith and the and the and the ability to repent. We won't repent with God. But but there's two types of repentance. I just illustrated the first. In a nutshell, I'll, I'll illustrate the second. Godly repentance, not because we fear hellfire, but because we've dissatisfied our Savior. We've offended our great God through yeah, our sin. Yeah. So yeah, we repent. Right. So that's the that's the difference between the two types mm-hmm. of repentance. And I opt for, Lord willing, may may my repentance be of a of a knack or nature mm-hmm. of because I've offended you, the Most High God, as opposed to, gee, I hell I fear hellfire. Yeah. Now, now let's see what somebody would say to the expression that godly sorrow leadeth to repentance that is not repented of. How would we explain that? Well, uh, Simon Episcopus, uh, his his view uh, was that he was a protege of uh, Jacobus Arminius, and his view was that repentance, to be effectual, sincere, must be continual. And it requires the free will exercise of good works. So he stated, quote, uh, repentance must always outwardly extent, exert itself through acts of virtue as often as there is occasion and can be done. And it's purely, and, I, and that's close quote, and his view is that, uh, and he was an arch Arminian, one of the prime Arminian move, uh, movers, uh, that this idea of repentance comes from man's free will. So when it says that it, that is not repented of, does that mean we don't repent that we repented? In other words, we're sorry and we stay sorry, and we overcome that, to the what's end. That, what's that? What passage are you looking at? Uh, I believe it's Second Corinthians, uh, the one that Larry read at, at the first. I think it was. Second Corinthians seven is it? Yeah. It godly sorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know the other another thing I would like to point out, and that is back to uh, what we're repenting of is really important. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. are we repent? Are we repenting of the fact that we, uh, you know, broke God's law? Are we repenting of the fact that we? Uh, lied, stole, cheat, whatever the sin. But the the thing that we have to, I think, come into thoughts about is that our faith is on the gift of God granting unto us um, 
uh, believing in his completed work on the cross. Now, in Second Peter 3, 9, we know this is addressing only the elect. It's not addressing all people. It says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So we know that it is God's will, okay, for all of his elect to come to repentance when when and when and wherever that is in time. Okay, because and the reason I say whenever when and wherever in time is because um there's a there's this there's this attitude amongst uh, a lot of people who are professing Christians that you know you repent once and it's a done deal. <laughs> it's the, you know in other words you go down to an altar, you confess all your sins, and that's it. And and then a lot of people you know they they say you never sin again. You know you never you in other words the struggle of sin is over with. Um, we know as Christians that is just not the case. But the thing that I want to point out here, and then I'll I'll, I'll let other people come in, is that it is not God's will. Okay, it is, it is. In other words, it is not God's will that we should not repent. In other words, it is His will that all should come to repentance. And when I think of that, I think of Job. We were talking about the Arminian that Ed pointed out. You know about you know talking about virtue and all of this these arminian themes these free will themes job seemed to be a pretty virtuous person i mean he was you know he you know he was well spoken of by everyone and he did all these charitable things and everything else before he had his experience <laughs> but what happened toward the end of his life he repented in dust and ashes and i believe his repentance was you know one of the last things he said was, I know that thou canst do all things. That yeah. is true repentance. That repentance, knowing right. that we're serving a sovereign God, you know, that can do all right. things. But but then he said that before I knew thee by the hearing of the ear, but now I see. And, <laughs> yeah. and I think what he saw was the, the, the Elihu explaining it and God speaking through him. Of what God really is, and, and that was a right. revelation to Job. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't repentance really a change of the mind, and that is that is manifested in what we do? So, in other words, what we do is simply the fruits of the repentance, the change of the mind. Isn't that isn't that really what repentance is? So that well, we, I think I think so. I mean, I think that's what I think. Uh, you know, Christ is not looking for our uh, sacrificial life. You know, I mean, in other words, He's not looking for our uh, walking. In other words, I was thinking of Matthew nine thirteen. He says, "But go ye and learn what that meaneth." I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You know, a lot of people have an, and and I'm just talking from the heart here, but a lot of people have the idea that once they come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that they're righteous. (laughs) 
And you know, I I could never I could never say that. I could I can say I have the righteousness of Christ, but I'm a sinner saved by grace. And by the way, uh, I had a guy tell me one time. You know, he said, "Well, I have had a second definite work of grace and sanctification." He goes, "Have you been sanctified?" He said, "Have you?" Yeah. had a second work of grace, and I said, I've had millions of works of grace in my life. Right. Millions. Right. I said, it's a continual God working in me to will and do of his own good pleasure. Hence, yeah, hence, hence our resting in Christ, brother. Mm-hmm. That's the nature of us resting in Christ. Right, right. There's nothing convoluted about resting in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are partially sanctified as long as we are in these bodies. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's a whole movement on that sanctification, and that it's purely Arminian. And mm-hmm. I could never get my mind around it, even as a I, I couldn't understand it, quite frankly, as a as a uh, as a newborn Christian. And uh, I, it just didn't sound right to me that the, whole, the way they were. It sounded so much like works. It just didn't agree with my spirit. I never understood it, and I just didn't really give much study to it. I tried to follow their their passages, and it just didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. This idea of it, it was it, it became like salvation by works. You had to, in actuality, become righteous. And I, oh, who are some of the? Uh, is it Finney? Am I getting the right guy? Was it was it Finney? And then uh, the, most recently, you had this guy named Green. Uh, they had these tracks. Oh yeah. And he ended up. Uh, he was dying. He was uh, one of those uh, Jesus. Um, they called them Jesus freaks, where they uh, played the rock and roll music. That's what they called them. Hmm. Um, I miss that. Oh, that Did was they a have words over their heads. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. They were I'm, all, they were all they Arminian. I'm, I'm being facetious. Forgive me. But I'll mock, I'll mock them like they'll mock us. I'll mock yeah. them back. They don't esteem our Lord and Savior. Why should we esteem any of their garbage? Right. You know, I have a question. There are many passages in the Bible where God uh, makes mention of repenting of having done something. What does that mean? This passage oh always puzzle me. Well, you know, there's there's only 26 times that the word repentance is, is used, and it's really interesting because, you know, a lot of around the baptism of John, you know, the baptism of repentance, and there's a contrast between John's baptism and Christ's baptism. You know, in Matthew 3 8 says, Bring forth therefore fruits meet for repentance. And then he says, I, you know, John the Baptist, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with Holy Ghost and with fire. And, uh, you know, that brings up another question, Ed. Um, those those converts that were baptized unto John, we know that there were 
a group that that were that later were baptized they were shown more fully the gospel and were baptized you know in other words um uh, baptized under Jesus and so on um was was John's baptism um <laughs> uh, how should i say this um why, why? I guess that this has come to my attention before. Why? Why were there two baptisms? What was the significance of John's baptism uh, succeeded by the baptism uh, uh, of believers in Christ? Does anybody know the answer to that? Because that's a really good question. <laughs> well, yeah. well, remember. Remember that Jesus didn't baptize anybody. That's His disciples point. baptized him. That's a good point. And in fact, wasn't it Paul that said he was proud that he had... Or, I don't know if he's proud, but he made the point that he had baptized none. Is that right? Right. But Apollo... Yeah, he, he, somebody. He, he named a, a couple, I think. Yeah. Okay. Gaius being one of them. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, but but the point but he, was he that was that, clear. That, that I mean, Paul was, was clear. He said, uh, you know, he sent me not to baptize, but he right. said, he's, you know, right. and he was there. He was there to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, and mm-hmm. you know, um, it's really interesting because this is something that's come up a lot, and I I think I pointed this, and I don't want to get off subject on baptism, but. Um, there this this in the Armenian circles is a work okay this baptism is a I know there's certain churches that you cannot partake of communion unless you're baptized you cannot uh, you can't be a member of a church unless you're baptized. I heard a guy say uh, uh, a Church of Christ on the radio that there's no way that we did we would we didn't know that the thief was not baptized. You know, ridiculous kinds of statements. And so people put a lot of emphasis on H2O. I like Kevin's. I like Kevin's rendition of that. Okay. Um, but to get back to Ed and your question, I think that according to what I understand about John's baptism, his it was a for he was a forerunner. Um, he was preaching in the wilderness, and he says, "Prepare ye the way of the Lord." You know, another make your path straight. In other words, he was he he was showing. It's kind of like you said in your book, uh, Ed. The when when the when the rich young ruler came to Christ and said, "What well, you know, what must I do to inherit eternal life?" God made the conditions so difficult, and it just blows my mind that 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 young man actually said, "I've kept all these from my youth up." I mean, for crying out loud, he didn't right. have a revelation, did he? He didn't have a revelation that it was impossible to keep any of them perfectly. Right. And I think that this was what John was doing was was showing the law, showing people their their need of a savior. And and preparing them for the real uh, the, the way the truth and the life that was to follow. So was it a, was it an extension of the Old Testament cleansing and washing by water? 
that's a good John it's Col- a good question. It's a good question. I I'm not mm-hmm. sure I have the answer to that. Um but but I in other words, I don't believe that um and, and you guys help me, but that one passage in Acts where where I think it was um Priscilla and Aquila uh sat down with this group of people and explain the gospel more freely, uh, openly to him. I, I forget who it was. Oh yeah, Apollos. Kevin, Kevin Apollos. Yeah. Apollos, yeah. And and so therefore, what that tells me is they wouldn't have sat down with Apollos if John's baptism was authentic. Well, I mean, if it if it was if it was, mm-hmm. in other words, Apollos needed to hear the gospel. That's what they sat yeah, down and talked. Right. They didn't yeah, sit that's... down and talk about being baptized into Christ. They sat down and shared the gospel of Jesus Christ and and, and his completed work with with Apollos. That's what I believe anyway. Yeah, that's good because Apollos mm-hmm. only knew the baptism of John. Yes. So that's why he uh, needed to be instructed into the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, brothers, uh, check me on this but uh, by virtue of their house church and their love for the gospel, whether Mm -hmm. they were immersed or not, tells me that they were baptized spiritually just by their love of Mm -hmm. of the brethren and and loving the fellowship that they they pretty much had in house churches. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing like a house church to sanctify and and bring us out of the old the old way of thinking, which has been paramount, you know, mm-hmm. for so many years. Where oh, I've got to go to a church and do this. Oh, I've got to I've got to attend to their their rites and rituals. I must mm-hmm. uh, be baptized. For what? For what? Mm-hmm. What gain? The only gain is that Christ is in your heart. Holy Spirit directs your steps. Yeah. Well, I really feel. I really feel without without being immersed. Right. The the Quakers don't have the ordinances. They don't have the Lord's Supper or baptism. But I really believe that those two ordinances are commanded to the New Testament Church, not only by Christ, but Peter also commanded that Cornelius and his household be baptized. And this was water. Well, baptism it, on its face yeah. is just a public showing that we love right. and trust the, Christ. Yeah, it's the in- introduction to the church. Uh, and it's true yeah. that you could get wet and not be saved. But if you, oh, claim yeah. to have, if you claim to have faith in Christ and you claim to be one of the brethren, then you're to show that outwardly by the baptism. Um, yes, it, but, it, but again, yeah. we know that we can't proclaim... Well, by virtue of the fact that I was baptized, i.e. immersed, well, right. now that's significant to my to my ultimate salvation. Well, I think not. Oh, no, it's no, exactly, not, nothing, it's exactly nothing to do with what you said, Kevin. It's exactly no, what you said. Yeah, it has nothing to do with salvation. It has nothing to do with salvation. It's the ordinance be, of introduction. many people in, in inter, glory. Inter, it's the introduction to the visible church. One of the one of the things that, one of one of one of the things that comes to my mind on this this uh, yeah, we've kind of veered off onto baptism from repentance, but I think it's good because 
there's a scripture that says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for remission of sins. And I've heard that one taken totally out of context. In other words, God can't remit your sins until you repent and be baptized. Well, the You're thing right. of it is, uh, the other thing is, is as it relates to this now, Personally, I you know I have been <laughs> back to Kevin. I have had water. I've had H two O thrown on me, sprinkled. I have been immersed twice. Okay, and then it got to the point where whenever I would look at being associated with the church, they wanted to determine whether my baptism was authentic or not, based upon their particular creed. Who the heck their are creeds, they? Yes, their yeah. creeds, confessions and of faith, their rules of decorum and all of this other stuff. Yeah. And stuff. what I what I've come to the conclusion of is look, I know which baptism was was authentic as it relates to my conscience before God and that's all that matters. Right. You know? Well it says it says there's one baptism. One baptism, one Lord, one faith, one God. So the baptism right. is the Holy Spirit baptism. It's, it's not, it can't be water. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's not it can't be the only one. There you go. Yeah. Now, now that you've mentioned that, because I've been thinking about this uh, as we're talking about baptism, is every mention of baptism always a reference to water baptism? And I, I Absolutely not. I want to look at, at Acts no. chapter 2, verse 36 mm-hmm. through 38, where... Uh, Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, is he talking about water baptism? What is what does that passage mean? Because if he talks I, I about think water baptism, I'm a little bit puzzled by that passage. I think he is, because when he says to them, Be ye baptized, in other words, they are to do something. Whereas if it was spiritual baptism, that would be something that would be given to them and put upon them by the Holy Spirit. They, w- they wouldn't be doing it to get it. But it says so for, he, the remission, for the remission of sin. Water baptism well, doesn't it should, it should be it should be because of the remission of sins. In other words, well, you have... Yeah, I know, but that's what it means. Right, Larry? Oh, I, oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Right. I'm reading well, it. I should read it that, with that meaning. <laughs> Well, also, I think that it's important that we go back to uh, Matthew 3.11, because what did John have to say about it? You know, John said, I indeed baptize you with water, H2O, under repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And so... What that tells me is that the, and I don't mean to minimize ordinances, okay? I, uh, I'm not trying to take away from anything. I'm just saying the most important baptism is the baptism of fire of, of the Holy Ghost, and yeah. and by the way, we we receive that when 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 we're quickened by the Holy Spirit of God. You know, that's what Christ said. He said that the Spirit bloweth where it listeth, and no man knoweth the sound thereof. So is yeah. everyone that is born of God. Right, right. And, and yeah. I think I think that's what Ed is saying. Ed, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the gist of what you're. you're, you're well, well, yes, because, because remember what, what Peter what, what it Peter, in regard to 
being baptized with fire as opposed to physically being immersed. If you're, bapti- if you're baptized in fire, then you are one of God's elect. Yeah. You're yeah. saved yeah. forever. Yeah. See, see, so this, like, for instance, if, if you look at the past, and I, I don't mean to be, you know, so dogged, but I really want to get, I, I want to get to the bottom of this. It's, um, they said unto Peter, what shall we do? Okay. And Peter said unto them, the first thing he said was repent and be baptized. Now, I'm sorry, but repentance, biblical repentance, is, as we have seen, is a gift from God. So he's telling them to do something that they can't do without the Holy Spirit, right? That's right. That's exactly right. Okay. If you're dead, says, if you're dead, and if you're dead in your trespasses, then you're dead. Mm-hmm. You can't. You know, you cannot raise yourself up in the coffin, get out of it, and do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and then he and then he says, and be baptized. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I just. I, I'm having a hard time with this idea that that water baptism has anything at all to do with salvation. When they asked him, "What shall we do?" I, I don't. I'm, but but you remember in Acts, in Acts 10, you remember the Holy Spirit fell on Cornelius and his household while Peter yet spoke. So they already had the Holy Spirit, and then he commands them to be water baptized at the end. Okay, what so this is, is that. Let's turn to that. Let's turn to that. Let's look at it. All right. Again, brother, that's just a point of of recognition showing publicly that we trust Christ. And that's that's the whole point of water baptism. It's an outward showing. That's all it is. It doesn't mean for the remission of sins. In other words, you get the remission of sins if you get baptized. It means yeah, you I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's, so we have Cornelius. The, I see Cornelius right here yeah. in chapter yeah. ten, verse one. Okay. It's verse, it's about verse forty-seven. Man. Verse forty-seven is where. Verse forty-seven. Uh, what does he do? Okay. Let's see what he's, let's see what happens here. Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized? Now this is interesting. Okay. Which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. So they've all received the Holy Ghost. So now this is water baptism after they receive the Holy Ghost. Now, isn't that interesting? So if you look at yeah. Acts chapter 2, verse 36, um, mm-hmm. it, and through 38, it says, Repent and be baptized for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So yeah, right. this baptism is a different, this is a baptism before receiving the Holy Ghost, and the water <laughs> yeah, baptism is after you receive the Holy Ghost. I, I mean, am I, I reading this wrong? You. I follow you Fire. completely. Yeah, I, well, I agree you with know, the, the thing of it, the thing of it is, let's 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 just look at a couple passages <laughs> here. I think this will hopefully mm-hmm. clear this up a little bit. In the um, uh, in the 18th chapter of Acts, uh, this is where we were talking about the 25th verse. This man was instructed in the way of Lord, and being fervent spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he said unto, now if you go down to the nineteenth chapter, the third verse, he said unto them, unto what then were ye baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, 
John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. So there's a partial answer to your question, Ed, is the purpose of John, he, he was saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Jesus Christ. Um but but if if we go on, you know, now let's look now at uh Romans six four. Well wait, 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 wait. Uh, before you move on, before you move uh, on, go ahead. The next, the next passage it says, When yes. they heard this, they were baptized in the yes. name of the Lord Jesus. Yes. And when Paul had laid hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came upon them and they spoke yes. with tongues and prophesied. Now yes. what does that mean? Did, were they was that water baptism? That's what I'd like to know. Wow. Well, you know, <laughs> I've heard both renditions of that. Um, now, look, that's why I wanted to go on to try to answer your question in in the sixth chapter of Romans. Okay, I okay. think it answers your question. Okay. Sixth chapter of Romans, the fourth verse, it says, "Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death." that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Now, you've heard people talk about, and and I know it's hard to substantiate this with Scripture, but there seems to be, you know, that people talk about, you know, baptism is a sign of a good conscience toward God and all that, but there's all going under the water immersion and coming water, which is a a symbolic sign of being buried with him by baptism into death and then coming up out of the water, then like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. Now, when it says in Ephesians 4, 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, uh, I think that they can be synonymous now, I think that you can, in other words, in Colossians 2.12, it talks about the same theme, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you're risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. Uh, I believe it's the baptism of fire, but I does, that doesn't mean that water cannot be involved in it. Uh, you know, look at Hebrews 6.2 of the doctrine of baptisms and the laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. So he's talking about these doctrines that he wants to go on into, the doctrines of baptism. And he and that's plural there too, by the way, the doctrines of baptism. Now, look at 1 Peter 3.21, the like figure whereunto even baptism also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, see, I think that that is pointing to baptism is a sign of a outward sign. That's what you know, and I know a lot of people don't agree with that. I believe baptism is an outward sign to the public of a confession that. Fire baptism does not is fire. I used to go to a fire baptized holiness church, but the fire baptism is what saves us. 
not the not the H2O. But this is just an answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Anyway, that's uh, it's an interesting interesting well dialogue. It comes full circle, right, with the passage you started off with, and uh, on, in uh, Romans chapter six, verse four. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death. Now, how are we buried with him by baptism unto death? Well, that has to be by faith given by the the Holy Ghost. So this baptism is not water baptism, okay? So we're buried buried by the baptism of the Holy Spirit unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So our baptism is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now we repent, okay, and we've changed our mind. God has changed our mind, I should say. I shouldn't say we. God has changed our mind. Now we walk in newness of life. This baptism is a spiritual baptism in my view. Well, yeah, and and if you look back in the – remember when the disciples – when Christ asked them if if they could go to the cross with them and so on, and, and they said, "Oh yeah, we can do it. We can do it. We can do it." I'm in Mark ten thirty nine, and Jesus and said they said unto him, "We can." And Jesus said unto them, "Ye shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of, and with the baptism that I am baptized with, shall you be baptized." That's what you're talking about, Ed. Yeah, we were, yeah. We were baptized into the death. Yeah, you know, and I'll tell you that the that was an amazing uh, uh, thing that that Chris brought to our attention uh, about a month ago. That you know, the only begotten uh, Son of God, He was begotten at the cross by His resurrection. That was when yes. He was begotten, and so yeah. this baptism is. We are then, we become adopted sons of God. Jesus Christ was the only begotten son of God, but we then, by virtue of him having begotten by his death and resurrection on the cross, that we now become adopted, baptized with his baptism. Oh, yeah, that that is really, and you know, then there's the other aspect that often we, we forget uh, I'm going to try to find it. It's, I think it's in Second Timothy two four. I believe I have to go back and look and see. But it also shows another side of that uh, coin as well. Uh, let me see if I can find it here real quick. Um, no, it's not that. I'll Second find Timothy, it. Second Timothy two no. four. No, that's not it. I'll, I'll find it here, Chris, and then I'll come back to it. you. Guys, go ahead. Oh, here it is. It's First Tim. It's Second uh, Timothy one nine. Okay, Second Timothy one nine, and we. It's a very, very well known scripture. But there's so much here. It says, "Who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our baptism. No, I'm sorry, not according to our works." But according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Okay, so have you ever thought about your your being saved and called with a holy calling uh, according to his own purpose and grace, which was before creation? 
Wow. It was all be- it was all before creation. Yeah, yeah. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Wow. It is. Yeah, we came into this world as sheep, and we go mm. out that way. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, people yeah. Being, you hear the Armenians say that. But, you know, I've struggled with this, guys, on repentance. I, I had, well, Michael shared this with me, and I know he wouldn't mind sharing it with you guys, but he said that there was a time when, you know, he was in the Armenian camp that he would, uh, every night before he went to bed, he would go down, he would pray and try to remember all the sins that he committed that day and confess all those sins because he'd hear this over and over, you know, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And he said, not realizing that the legal work had already been done. That Christ had already, when Christ said it is finished, you know, I, I, I did a message one time, and I got really railed on this. Uh, I said that Christ forgave us of our past, present, and future sins. And God basically said it was heresy. What? If Christ did not Yes. If Christ, in other words, what, what he was saying is you don't know, you, you can't presuppose that God is forgiving you for sins you're yet to commit. Oh, because my. You have, in other words, you see what he was saying is, in other words, my confession of my sin is what brought about my forgiveness, not the blood of Christ. My. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Wow. That's Roman, that's Roman Catholicism. Without the intermediary, without the priest. That's right. That's right. That is exactly right. I'm not and smart enough to remember all my sins. <laughs> well, what about all the sins that you don't even, your sins of omission that you don't even know? You know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's nothing. <laughs> it's not nothing good in the flesh. Nothing good. Your dreams. You know, there's well, always there's always that battle between the spirit Edward. and the flesh. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Christ said, Christ said, Christ said that even your righteousness, even your righteous righteousness, does not exceed that of the Pharisees. Your righteousness, not your unrighteousness. Your righteousness. <laughs> yeah, it is. Our, it is. It, it is, and never was our righteousness. It's Christ's righteousness. That's right. That's right. It bears us up in the sight of the Father. Yeah. So Paul, being a Pharisee of Pharisees, he he said that counting the law, he was flawless. So even with that, he he had no righteousness. Yeah, and we we have to have more than what he had, mm-hmm. which we can sit, we can sit here right now and know we don't. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I've often thought of that passage that I was talking about earlier about the rich young ruler, and he says, "I've kept these from my youth up." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, right. Wow! You know, could you imagine being that that cocksure of yourself? I mean, right, right. Oh, and you know, we there's uh, all kind of def- definitions of sin, 
you know. But sin, uh, I think the best definition I've heard is a, sin is any departure from the perfect law of God. And, yeah, I think, you that's, know, I think that's right. I think that's right, yeah. Uh, yeah. And his per- it, I guess it would be in terms of anytime you don't love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, uh-huh. or uh-huh. love your neighbor as yourself, right. Right. Um, then that's you violated that, and that's basically what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah, it says the thought of foolishness is sin, and that which is well, not of faith is sin. And then the other reality, the, the other reality too, Kevin is you know Romans three ten, you know the fact there's oh, no the, there's none righteous, no not one. Yeah. By the way, there is actually a passage that states that the failure to do good when you know to do it is a sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, it's not just right. doing something bad; it's failing to do something mm-hmm. good. That's yeah. that's I mean that's pretty absolute. I think we're to, if we don't have Christ atoning for our sins, we're in a bad way. Well, yeah, yeah right. there's, of course, James, in James it says if you've committed one, you've committed them all anyway, you know? Yeah, right, right. I mean, so the, 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 the reality of this whole thing is, the reason I think we wanted to talk about this is that, you know, the four things come up over and over and over with Arminians, okay? There's these things you have to do, okay? Okay, the first thing you have to do is you have to repent. You have to be baptized. You have, And a lot of them will go for and go even further and say that you have to, uh, um, you know, you have to uh, make amends. In other words, they used to call it, what would they call it when you... When uh, restitution, <laughs> restitution, yeah, and then, then, and then after that, you have to prove. Okay, you have to prove that you have been a recipient of God's grace before you are accepted into membership. Uh, and that there's all of this. I've even had a. I even heard a guy tell me that he, had, he believed in front door discipline rather than back door discipline, and all this stuff. And look, the Church of Jesus Christ is blood-bought. It's not work-bought. It's not. It's, it's, you know, can you imagine Jesus Christ looking over at the thief on the cross and saying, have you been baptized? You know? <laughs> what, do you, what church do you belong to? What's, your, what's the memory? Have you partaken of communion? You know? I mean, this day you will be with me in paradise. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you, you know, there's a take on that where it says, I tell you this day. In other words, he's speaking about the present. That's not to say. Now, I want you to all to look hard and fast at what Jesus says to that thief and break it down. Because it's come to my understanding of late that when he said, this day I tell you. That's like saying to you guys, this day I'm telling you that uh, this is that and that is this and so forth. But that's not to qualify the fact that Jesus, that day that Jesus went to heaven, I don't believe, I don't believe heaven was populated with saints 
that was to become later. But that's a whole other story. But yeah, look that's at a that. big one. We and I need to talk about that, brother. I really don't want to go there. I, I think <laughs> I think we've really covered baptism, and if we could yeah. get back to to the uh, to the two types of of understanding repentance would be, I think, of value. Well, I, I think one of the important things, and Chris and I had talked about this earlier, and Chris set forth the presupposition that there were those who repented over fear of hell. And I, the reason that I didn't make that actually the title of the talk show is because that presupposition holds grave doctrinal error because we know that all of us deserve hell. Okay, every one of us deserve hell. Regardless of how much we repent, we still deserve hell. Um, Christ came as the only substitute, as our sin bearer, okay? And so his, that was the only way we could be justified, is through the substitutionary sacrifice and Christ bearing our sins upon himself. And so... Those, by the way, those people who are erroneously believing that by some, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, thought in their conscience that they're repenting, because if they're dead in their trespasses and sin, they don't have the ability to do anything. They can't even see any spirituality. They're totally depraved and without any hope at all apart from being born again by the Spirit of God. You know, and so, and I, I, and I understand what you're saying, Chris. I mean, if if I'm out on the highway and I'm driving 80 mile an hour, I had a, a minister tell me once, he was on his way to a meeting and, and he was he was pushing it. He's down in Texas and he was going about 85 mile an hour and it was in a 70 mile zone and the state highway patrol pulled him over and the state highway patrol said, "What do you do for a living?" <laughs> he said. I don't know if I want to tell you or not. And the and the state highway says, "Well, tell me." He says, "I'm a minister." And he said, "The state highway says, oh my.'" He says, "Do you know?" He says, "He says he interrupted the state highway patrol." He says, "What was I? What what did I do? What did I do?" He said, "You were doing about 85. Is <laughs> what you were doing." And he said, "I wasn't. I wasn't." You know, he said, I was sorry I got caught. I wasn't sorry I was doing 85. <laughs> That's you know, case point right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people you know, are sorry because they get caught at something and they, there's egg on their face and they don't look good in front of other people. But that has nothing to do with the per- perfect righteousness and perfect law of God, you know. Amen. Thank you for bringing that out. Because yeah. the conscious levels indicts us all the time and says, gee, I'm a sinner because I sinned today. I sinned this and that. Not to mention all the sins that you alluded to earlier, uh, Brother Larry. You know, uh, we sin in our sleep. We, we sin all the time. <laughs> We're sinners. But, but there's yeah, two types. The scripture you know? says we drink iniquity like water. Yeah, exactly, and we, brother. And, and we, yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah. 
And that brings that brings up another question I'd like to get your guys' take on, uh, Ed and and Kevin and 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 uh, and by the way, I we've had people join us here. Um, guest eleven seven nine four, Louise uh, and some other. And so I don't know all of the people that are on here with us, but uh, you know. I've I've brought this up before, and the reason being is I've heard so many different, you know, thoughts about this, and and I don't really claim to have the answer. Uh, I'm I'm just I'm it's to me. Um, scripture tells us that we have been chosen in Him from the foundation of the world, and and we see that we're we're. We have been conformed, being conformed to the image of His Son. I'll, uh, I can read it verbatim, but and there's many passages that talk about this when we uh, when we partake of life, when we are recipient of God's grace, and we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. How much uh, conformity? <laughs> Uh, do we do we come into and where does you know and and I know that there's really no easy answer to this but I'm gonna Ed I want you to start on this and kind of give me your thoughts on this and you know because people talk about progressive you know Scripture says grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ and it says. Now, now my understanding is here where it says in, in Ephesians 1, 4, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Brothers, the only way I can be holy and before and without blame before him in love is because of Christ's work, not my work. That's the only way. That's the only holiness I can lay hold on. Okay, and being conformed to the image of his son, uh, Ed, I'm going to turn it over to you. <laughs> okay. Well all, well, all you have to do is go right to the judgment of Christ when he said the sheep were on my right hand and the goats were on my left. And what did he, what did he say to those on the right? When I was hungry, you gave me to eat. Uh, when I needed uh, shelter, you gave me to, uh, words to that effect, okay? And, he said this, and then he said to the ones on the left that were being cast in the lake of fire, when I was hungry, you did not give me to eat. And then they, and, and he, he made the point, the sheep, he only saw their good works. Okay. Those good works were manifestations of the Holy spirit. Those good works were the works of Christ. They weren't the individual free will works of the individual because in, in this flesh dwells no good thing. So he was not judging them and giving them reward in heaven based on what they had done, he was giving them reward based on what he had done. Yay. Okay? And so he had simply done that through them. They were just vessels of the Holy Spirit. And the others did not have the Holy Spirit. He only saw their sin because that's all there is to see. Our sin was washed clean. See, we were, we're not guilty of the sin because he took that guilt on, on him. And so, so this idea of, you know, the, the conformity is, is um, it, it has, it, it does happen. It, it, it's, uh, it's inevitable. It is but a, does it uh, happen, does it happen the same way to all the saints? 
Oh, absolutely not. No, no. Yeah, I mean, okay, we, okay. They're, they're, they're all different sins. I mean, you know, it, right. some are noses, right. some are ears, some are, you know, uh, hey, I'm happy to be a little toe. So right. the church has I mean, many all, members. Are we all sanctified in, to the same extent in this oh, life? I, no, 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 okay. but we are, we are all, we are all holy to the same extent. If once, once right, we are, right. once after we die, I mean, we, yes. we will, we will see him right. because we will be like him. Or what, right, exactly. right. Yeah. So, um, hmm. you know, it, it's, but we don't see that now. Right, the Holy right. Spirit is simply the earnest of what we will see, what we will be. Uh, you know, you have this this Pastor right. Anderson who preaches that repentance, this idea of salvation by repentance, is a false gospel. Well, he simply doesn't understand what repentance means. He doesn't right. understand that repentance is not of man's free will. He's an Arminian what, what, preacher. Excuse me, was he the marching to Zion guy? Yeah, Andrew? yes, the same yeah, guy. Okay. The you. same guy. And and he's an Arminian preacher, and so he sees everything through the Arminian prism. And so right. to him, repentance about, is a man's prison? free will. Not prism, but prison. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good, uh, Brother Ed. Well, I think there's a passage in in Second uh, Corinthians, the thirteenth chapter, that I love, and I think I it addresses it addresses kind of what we're we're talking about. He says, um, uh, I I'm reading in verse two. I told you before and foretell you as if I were present the second time and being absent now. I write to you, which heretofore have sinned, and to all other that if I come I will not spare. Since ye seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, which to you were it is not weak, but is mighty in you. For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves. Know that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. Now I pray to God that ye do no evil, not that ye should appear approved, but that ye should do that which is honest, though we be as reprobates. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak and ye are strong in this wish, even your perfection. And so... You know, this is something I think he's dealing with, the realities that we're still in the flesh, in these bodies. And you know what? Uh, He says that there, he says in verse 4, For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. And so um, there's another passage that that he talks about, you know, uh, I'd have to look it up, but he talks about, I thank my God through Jesus Christ who gives us the victory. I'll, I'll look that one up while you guys respond to that. Well, what was, the, what was that passage you were just reading now? Where was that from? 2 Corinthians uh, 13. 2 Corinthians 13 chapter, yeah. Okay. But I think that's, you know, uh, 
You know, in other words, he says, I, I want you to know you're not reprobates, okay? You're Sometimes, you know, look, I'm speaking to myself. You know, uh, we're, we're to make our calling and election sure. And uh, there's another scripture that says, knowing, brethren, your election of God. And so the reality is, are we trusting in, in Christ or are we trusting in our own works? And... Um, in verse 6, he says in that Second Corinthians 13, I, I trust that you shall know that we are not reprobates. Okay? and uh, But we all we are sinners, but we're saved by grace. <laughs> we're, uh, you know, and uh, I'm trying to find this other passage real quick. Well, that verse about victory, Larry, was First Corinthians 15, 57. First Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. Fifty seven. Mm-hmm. Here's what it says. But thanks be to God which give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Last yes. verse in that in that mm-hmm. fifteen. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Yeah, see, some of the saints quench or grieve the Holy Spirit more than others. So some are are stymieing the uh, sanctification they otherwise might have. But yet, in the end, they'll be glorified. They they receive perfection at that point. What a merciful Lord, God, yeah. Savior. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like to see it as as we are perfect already positionally, and practically we're to strive for that perfection, knowing that we can never attain it in this life. Yes, that's exactly what I was trying to point out. The fact that we. Um, you know, we are we are of the earth earthy. We we still are in these corrupt bodies. He yeah. he starts there. He says in verse forty eight. The well, we know for it's, this whole passage is so good. You know, um, the first verse forty five. And so it was written: the first man Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Uh, Christ, of course. And he says the first man is of the earth earthy. The and is the Lord from heaven. And as is the earthy, such as are they that are earthy. And is the heavenly, such are they that are heavenly. And as we have been have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. And uh, so that's what he, and so in verse 53, this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So then this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, the mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass that saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. 
But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. And that's, that's our yes. answer, I think. Mm-hmm. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much mm-hmm. as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And that concludes First uh, Corinthians. You know, I, I would I would hearken right back to Second um, uh, Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse four, that Larry started out with. If you read that, that is so pregnant with meaning. So it says here, for though he was crucified through weakness, yet he lived by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but shall live with him by the power of God towards you. Now, interesting. Verse five says. Examine yourselves whether mm-hmm. ye be in the faith. Prove mm-hmm. your own selves. Know ye not by your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. So yes. what he's basically saying is, if you don't know that Jesus Christ is in you, if you doubt that, you are a reprobate. And that brings us back to Hebrews chapter 11 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So this faith that Christ gives us is a knowledge, a certainty that Jesus Christ is in you. And if you don't have that when examining yourself, that means that makes you a reprobate. That's what this says. This faith that God gives us is by revelation, and it is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It is substantive. This faith is substantive. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Brother, may, you know, may I ask you, may I ask you uh, the definition here of examination? It's spiritual. It's uh it's by revelation. You just reflect, I mean no, it says, "Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates." It's examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. How do you prove your own selves? It, it, the only way to know that is by the revelation of Jesus Christ. He gives you the faith to believe in Him. I, I, I have no doubt. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this examine yourselves. That's the only thing it can mean to me. Well, but also, if, also experientially, we we see that we are being changed over time, and that truly our love is for the things of God and not the things of the world. Those are the evidences of our conversion. So I, I think that's what he's telling us to examine to see if those things and the qualities of Christ, love, peace, joy, mildness, temperance, long-suffering, patience, if those be in us, then that is the evidence that we are His. Well, I think you're right. I think I think I think also, you know, Kevin and and Chris and and Ed, um, that there are there are different kinds of evidences. In other words, uh, we see that in First John gives us some of these evidences. You know, he tells us that uh, in First John two. Uh, nine, he that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother, and that's speaking of um, brother in Christ, is in darkness. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. He that hateth his brother, and so on. 
And then he goes on and says that um, uh, um, that you have an unction, verse 20, you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus Christ is the Christ? This, again, is evidence, because we're affirming that Jesus is the Christ. He goes on and says, Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, and he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. And he goes on and talks about the fact that uh, he's written these things that we might know, like Ed was saying, that we might know. Uh, in, in chapter 4, verse 2, Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist and so on. So there, there are a lot of different evidences uh, and like Kevin was saying, if you look in chapter 4, verse 8, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested we love God, uh, the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten Son of the world that we might live through him. And so anyway, uh, those are some passages I think that show us. Um, now, in, ver in chapter 5, another evidence is in verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And this is what this is what Ed was talking about. There is that, and notice that we're talking about water and baptism and so on. It says, "Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only." but by water and blood, and it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. And um, in verse 9, If ye receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believed not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us, eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean to get off on a tangent there. No, you didn't. No, no, that's... Yeah. It's totally Good pertinent, word. brother. Mm -hmm. And Louise, Louise uh, asked a question, and I think it's a valid one. She says, so this love for the brethren would be evidence in how we treat others. And I totally, yeah, that's exactly what that scripture's saying there. Yeah. And, and of course, when we fail, now I will say this, and I don't know, Walt, if you're on the call, but Walt will tell you, you know, every once in a while, Walt reminds me, and it's good. I'm glad Walt does. Walt will say, Larry, you're kind of fleshy. <laughs> you know, we get in the flesh. We get in the flesh. We get uh, sometimes we allow our emotions to take over. You know, and uh, I'm not justifying the fact that I'm that way. I don't like it. I I abhor it. But you know what? I'm glad that uh, there's a remedy, and the remedy is Christ. 
my my you know I love that I love that song. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. You know, so that's good, beautiful. It's not not, not inspired the Holy Spirit, but it's but it's but it's consistent with the Word of God. So we love the those songs, songs, songs. And Paul says that he, he writes to the church saying, I don't have to teach you to love for the Holy Spirit teaches you to love one another. So yeah. that, that that's, again, the evidence, too. Do we have that? Yeah. What a tight-knit group we have, brothers. Yeah, praise the Lord. That's right. And now I want to welcome first guest 12 that's just joined us as well. Um, well, you know, this has been a really, I think, uh, very beneficial time. I know I have, I have gained a lot from this talk with you all. I always do, um, and uh, I'm looking forward to the day when I no longer have to be in this, you know, in this body of flesh. <laughs> yeah, we're all looking forward to that, brothers. We don't want to be here, you know. You know, one aspect of what you had brought up earlier were, were signs and, and points of reference in regard to if you're in Christ or no. And one that really sticks out at me is the word vexed or vexation. And mm-hmm. truly, I am vexed by the things going on. Now there's no old hat, you know, it, it, or call it old hat. There's nothing new under the sun, as it were. But again, we're living in a day, and I know that you, my brethren, are truly vexed by the correspondence of Satan with this sin-cursed earth, as it were. Yeah, yeah, sure. And we have no business being here because this is not our home. But we look for a lively, a livelier place of, of realm and reference to our dear Lord and Savior Jesus that bought us through His blood and brings us home in the long run. Lord willing, it well, you, won't be you know, that's, such a long run. That's what you know. That's what uh, Lot went through. It says he was vexed, vexed with the filthy conversation of the yeah, every day. And it says just lot, too, by the way. You are, I am, all the brothers here. We're continually vexed. Maybe you couldn't articulate it, not you, but other brethren or or anyone, uh, that it's in Christ. Uh, Perhaps we're not able to articulate it, but just for for understanding, the word is vexed or vexation, and we are vexed. We hate what's going on. And, 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 And we know that Christ is in total control of the proceedings hereof. And we and, and this is a, another admonition to just rest in Christ Jesus. And it, it gives a lot of uh, a lot of understanding of the fact and point that uh, there's nothing we have to do but just trust on our savior because for a lot of us that live alone we have no outlet. We have no, we we are, we're not able to vent 
except for perhaps this once a week, you know, a gathering with like-minded brethren, which is truly a blessing. Yeah, that's good. Well, you know, it kind of reminds me of a promise that we were given in Romans 8, 26. Um, it says, The Spirit helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray, for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will. And, of course, that precedes the golden chain of salvation passages. That's what I call it anyway. Um, you know, 29 through 32. And um, so it is. It's um, uh, The other thing is, and I, I'm going to conclude this out and, and ask anyone else, if you have any concluding comments on this, uh, we've gone for some time. and We've had a really good group tonight. I think we have about 13 people on the call. Um, the passage in Romans 8, uh, 35 through the end of the chapter is, uh, is specific to God's elect. I remember at 9-11, the... Uh, filthy George Bush getting up in the church there in Washington, D.C. and reading this passage. It just made me want to puke. I'm sorry. Because this this is not attributed to anyone other than the beloved. Okay? It's not attributed to, uh, uh, to, to anyone other than those who are, who are recipients of God's grace. But it says, "...who shall separate us from the love of Christ?" You know, and and it goes through that long list, laundry list. You know, distress, tribulation, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril. You know, um, I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature. And by the way. I believe that nor any other creature includes myself. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. good. You know, we, we can be faulty right here in the midst of true believers as we proceed through this council. Yeah. yeah. But again, yeah. we are still saved, and I believe every one of us are in Christ. Otherwise, we wouldn't even yeah. care to be here. Yeah. yeah, and we can't take ourselves out of the Father's hands. Amen. Yeah, Amen. Yeah. That's, that's good. You're right, brother. What, what once was done at the cross is eternal. Right. And, and yeah. like it or not, that, that's kind of part of irresistible grace. You might not mm -hmm. like it. You know, maybe you want to dabble a little bit more in the world, but frankly, mm -hmm. the world is, uh, has been vexing me, and I know, brothers, it's all vexing you to a certain degree. Right. You've all had it. You know, I, I, I had I heard a person say one time that was Arminian, you know, he was talking to me and he he was telling me, you know, I believe that that you can face and all of this. And uh I said, you know, 
I don't understand how you can you say you believe the Bible, how you can say you can fall from grace. I'm not saying you can't backslide, okay? Mm-hmm. But the fall from grace is to say that Christ is a liar and that he did not give us eternal life. He gave us temporary life. You know? That's really what he's saying. Mother, he most assuredly saved his people from That's their right. sin. That's most right. Most assuredly. You know, you can go back to early, I believe it's Matthew, and he, and he will save his people from their sins. Well, that's emphatic. Yeah. You can't get around it. And he will complete. Right. And who better to complete anything? Not us, mm-hmm. but the Lord of Lords. Amen. You can trust his word and hope in this. A lot of us here, even now, all we have to yeah. trust in is Christ Jesus. He's our only refuge. We'll flee to him. He's the righteous well, one. That's right. That's right. Well, listen, I'm going to uh, just uh, bring this call to a to a finality here. I think... I I think that uh, Ed makes a real good point in that I think we need to have some um you know uh, structure as far as the length of these calls and so I want to thank everyone for coming on and joining us um and you know all know who you are uh is there any final comments that anyone has uh, I'll just go down the line Ed do you have any final thoughts or comments you'd like to make before we conclude the call? No, I just want to make the point that your your final point here in uh, in Romans chapter 8 is is a good one and how how can Arminians even have their theology as it stands in view of that single passage? Mm. It, I, it it cannot stand. Yeah, that's really true. That's really true. Kevin, what are your final thoughts? Well, I saw a posting on my Facebook page uh, this morning. It, it said that that we should stamp on Satan and put him under our feet, and I, and I thought, <laughs> no, no. The scripture, scripture says, Sub- "Submit yourself unto God and resist the devil, and he'll flee from mm-hmm. you." And then there's a verse that says, "God will place him under our feet shortly." So, Amen. Yeah, that's we're, we're not to. Like it says in Jude, the angel Gabriel didn't take a railing accusation against Satan, but said, the Lord will rebuke you. The Lord will take Amen. care of you. Not even Amen. me. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Very good. Vengeance is mine. <laughs> I will repay, saith yeah. the Lord. Amen. Uh, yeah. Chris, do you have any final thoughts? Well, I just have one favorite scripture out of uh, the grade eight of Romans. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose, for whom mm. he did for no, he also did predestinate to be conformed. That's a change. Mm-hmm. The image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Very good. Well, does anyone in the chat room have any final comments or questions? Uh, Toronto, uh, do you have any questions? Uh, I guess 13, 3, 4, or 7, or um, 
the uh, let's see, I don't know, um, Carol, Oregon, uh, anybody else have any any questions or comments before I conclude this out? I'm going to give it a a minute. I want to thank everybody for coming on board, and uh, again, I appreciate um, Chris. You're coming up with this idea for the topic. I'm always open for suggestions, of course. And I think at some point uh, I would like um, Edward to consider leading a discussion regarding his book. Uh, and, and I know that, that Walt is going to have him, he's wanting to have him on a talk show on this as well, because this is really starting to get my attention. And that book is the, the is it The Great Head? Is that the title of it? The on the um on the um help me out Ed on this yeah the greatest um, the greatest lie on earth yeah I would like the greatest you, lie on earth yeah I would yeah. like because I feel like I am so um I feel like I'm a first grader on this uh, I was steeped in heliocentrism that and I didn't fully understand the implications or the history uh, and the connection between not only the Masonic Lodge but also the connection between heliocentric, this false science, and evolution and all of this. And, and there's a lot of people that are denying this, that they don't even want to address it. They don't want to talk about it. So I want you to think about that. And uh, maybe you can talk with Walt. Maybe you and Walt could even, you know, invite everybody on on Walt's program, uh, Hour of Discernment, to deal with this. And then I'd like to I'd like to have I want to be able to post this on Sermon Audio. I have a feeling that I'm going to get <laughs> some retaliation from some people if I place it on Sermon Audio because there are so many pastors and reverence and all these other titles that just become infuriated. And, you know, Walt brought up a point. He said something you said today, Ed, that, uh, to the point that that this heliocentrism shrouds or clouds or, or some way hides the true God. Yes, it does. And yeah. that, and so I would I would really like to get I would really like to get into a discussion on that with you and so you think about that and uh, with that now, by the said, way, just to let you know just to let you know yeah. I am going to be um, out of town I'll be in, okay. in Hawaii for the next two weeks so I will oh, not poor be Ed. Well, yeah. poor Ed <laughs> we, we, we just <laughs> hard to bleed for you yeah. brother <laughs> yeah it's a rough life. Yeah, good Lord be with you. I have to take God's blessings when they do come. So, That's right. Well, blessings yeah. in your brother, and we'll definitely miss you. And uh, you know, when you get over there, you know, just just remember your friends there. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Uh, I appreciate everybody that came on board tonight, and uh, Ed. Uh, um, we'll look forward. To, when will you be back, Ed? Uh, the twentieth. Okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll take that in the, under advisement. All right. Well, all, uh, have a blessed evening. And with that, I'm going to say good night. All right. Good night.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.